0: Landlords, whether you own one rental property or hundreds, you want to run a profitable business because your future depends on it. Education is the key to opening doors. Your success depends heavily on knowing and complying with dozens of rules while balancing the need of the business for profit. This show lets you listen in on conversations that various landlords have regarding real stories that are posted on our forums. Now come join in on the conversation. And happy landlording. Hello, landlords. This is Cassandra Taggart, your host today. And what I'm going to talk to you today about is a little bit about taking the time to think about your goals and setting your goals. I know it sounds a little silly to be talking about that because you hear about it from everywhere. But... Recently, I went to a conference. Normally, the conference is about three days, but this time it was seven days. So it was really exhausting, really long. You're starting at 7 a.m. to squeeze in that breakfast, and you're ending the day at 1 1 a.m. gathering around the bar, talking and trying to network with as many people as you possibly can. And when you're in a setting like that, you can stop and see how people are progressing in life. I've been in the franchise system for about 11 years now. And so I got to see where people grew up over the last 11 years, whether it was personal investing or within the franchise system. And I was also able to get to watch who exceeded at whatever their thing is and who did not. And it was pretty clear, or I should say this was probably the first big convention where it was like an eye opener to me as to who succeeded, who didn't, who excelled in who they are and who did not. And it brought me back to the memory of when I started investing in real estate. I started at the young, young age of 18. Thank goodness I started so young because I could speed up my life, but It took a lot of years to kind of learn the reality of this one particular topic, which is setting your goal. You know, it's so easy to get lost in the day to day of just being busy. And you forget sometimes because you're looking at your to do list and check, 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 to do, to do, to do, resetting every morning, resetting every evening. And you forget to take the time to realize. Is the things that's on my to-do list really the thing that's going to progress me forward within my goals? And as Albert Einstein said, I'm going to quote one of his quotes. um, If you want to live a happy life, tie it to a goal, not just people and things, tie it to an actual goal. Because... The truth is, is that if we're humans, if we don't have progress, if we don't have realization of our progress, if we don't have worthwhile goals with purpose and focus, we just get lost, we get sad, we get brought down. And that's how it is in real estate. As I'm watching the landlords in the forum, which thank you everyone, (laughs) there's thousands of you now in the forum, and it's nice to hear landlords just talking about landlord conversations. And as I read the posts in the forums, a lot of people will post questions, hey, this situation happened, what do I do? And I know that sometimes they're asking in the perspective of do I serve? Do I not? Who do I talk to? Where do I go? Where do I research this answer? But a lot of those questions do need to be wrapped up with the next question behind it, which is what's the goal? I see a lot of landlords that get faced with these situations, and the reason why they're lost isn't isn't so much the fact that they, they got lost in the, well, how do I serve a notice? How do I hit the printer? Why is my printer not working? <laughs> they get lost because they don't know how to connect the scenario to their goal to be able to find the solution. Uh, a great example is I, I had a landlord call me once and they said, hey, I got this situation where the tenant moved in a pet what do I do? They're not supposed to have a pet. They're not this. Nah, 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 no, nah, no. Nah, nah. Saying a lot of no's and disgruntled situations to it. And I listened to him for a little bit. And then I actually stopped the conversation eventually because it kind of became just a negative thing where they were just frustrated and stressed and negative around this situation. And I stopped him and I said, Hey, I need to ask a question. What was the reason why you became a landlord? What was the reason you selected this property? What was the reason you selected this tenant? A lot of times you get so busy in the busy, right? You forget, well, I bought this property for the opportunity to rehab it. Or I bought this property because someone told me it was a good idea for my future. Okay, well, why this property? well, I bought this one because it's the only one available. Well, then sometimes inventory is an issue and you're buying at that point of the cycle. (laughs) Or sometimes it's you bought this property because it had a big land. So if you had to move into it because you're a teacher and you had to, and when you hit retirement, you needed a ranch style to live in. So you bought it. So the day that you had to downsize, you had the opportunity. Anyways, there's many stories as to why you bought investments why you bought that investment. And you have to remember it first, then you'll be able to find a solution around the pet. So for example, let's say you are that teacher, and you bought this property as a ranch style. So that way it didn't have any steps. So when you did retire, and you knew your knees were going to be weak, you had a place that was easy to walk around and still live your life full to the fullest. Well, If you had a tenant that moved in and they allowed a dog to move in, the question next is, well, does it matter if there's a dog or not? Were you gonna replace that carpet anyways? Because if you were gonna replace that carpet when you were gonna move in in the next three years, does it matter if there's a dog or not in their unit? If you were gonna remodel that unit in three to four years, does it matter if that dog was moving into that place? Because if it did, because you have extreme allergies, that makes sense. You'll have to enforce accordingly. If it didn't, and you knew you were going to use this as an opportunity to maybe generate a little bit of profit from it and use it as a way to help pay for the damages, as well as use that as an opportunity to upgrade later. Be careful. Don't sit there and try to upgrade your new home on the back of a tenant that's not good obviously only charge for wear and tear but you're going to replace the carpet anyways so you can use some of the wear and tear money potentially as a way to say hey dog destroyed this whole room need a whole new carpet obviously I can't repair it so I'm gonna have to replace it so since it was already towards the end of its life I'm only going to charge maybe 2 years of the carpet life to you the rest will come out of me and that makes it where it's a win-win. So it's a win-win for the tenant because they get to have their dog. They get to have this thing that brings joy to their world and they might stay longer because you accepted that dog. And it's a win-win for you because you were going to get a new carpet anyways and you got a little bit as an agreement out of the tenant because they knew that the dog was going to Ruin the carpet, and you were going to upgrade the carpet anyway. So, you didn't have to charge the tenant for carpet cleaning. You could just say, Hey, it destroyed the carpet. Let's share the cost of the depreciation of the carpet and move forward. So, as much as I understand the concept of goal setting, I also have to remind everyone sometimes when you're in the heat of the situation, it's good to step away. Uh, I like to go to conferences, meetings as a way to reset. It forces me away from my cell phone, forces me away from my computer, forces me away from the day to day, and it forces me to stop and think. And I personally love to hear everyone's story because it makes me realize perspective. Oh, they chose this path and this is what it took for this path. Oh, this other person chose this path and this is the path that it took or this Things that it took, or the things they had to give up to get to that goal, and that's the same thing in landlording. Um, I was talking to several franchises this last week, and some of them have built up to ten thousand units. Uh, some have built up to three thousand units. Some are at thousand, and some are on their first five units that they're managing for other people. Same with landlords. I have spoken to lots of landlords that have built up a thousand unit portfolio or just 20 houses and some that have produced only maybe one or four houses. And when I'm in those conversations, I always like to stop and listen to them deeply about, okay, what started them? What's the path that got them to where they are? What's the end goal? And is that a goal I'm interested in? Because life hands you many, many things to look at. And you want to do them all, <laughs> or I have. I drive. I want to do everything. So I always have to sit down and have conversations with myself about: Is that really the goal that I want? Is that really my purpose with this property? Uh, to go even further and bring it to reality for a second, I have a wholesaler that's trying to secure a property. Um, that I will probably be purchasing from this wholesaler. And it's so funny because the wholesaler sitting here going, okay, there's two properties. It's the landlord and his primary place and the property that the tenant lives in. And I've already done all the research and this is the type of flip it's gonna be. Well, maybe for that wholesaler, that's the type of flip it is, but it's not necessarily the flip that I might do. Because my goal with rental properties is going to be very much different than your goal with rental properties. For example, a wholesaler. A wholesaler's goal is to probably do what we call chunking, where you take a wholesale deal, flip, flip, try to get some cash, flip, flip, try to get some cash. And if that flip that they found or that deal that they found, they don't have enough resources, cash, or people within their pool to be able to pull off that deal, then they'll sell the deal and wholesale it to another investor who fits their goal. So that wholesaler was assuming that because of all these new things that they found on the title, it was a bad deal and the only way the deal could work is this one way. What he didn't know is because of the type of investor I am, it's not the way I will do the deal. The way I was going to do that deal is because I needed... Um, I needed a particular type of strategy with it. So for example, there's four major reasons why you buy property. It's for appreciation, equity, taxes, or cash flow. Sometimes you do really good in two of the categories or three of the categories. Sometimes you only do good in one category. For me, I've been shooting really hard for things that are long holds, that are middle class, and that are a great depreciation item for me. Uh, That is because of my tax strategy that I have for myself. And that is my goal. So looking at a simple ranch style home in Alaska is where this particular deal was. His idea of what that deal looks like versus my ideal of that, what that deal looks like is completely different. And that's okay. Um, You just have to realize and recognize that everybody's goal and intent is different and Everyone has a little ego, wants to feel proud of their plan and their idea and the things that they found, and and you compliment them on the ideas and appreciate the learning that they bring to the table or the teachings that, that they bring to the table. But you have to sit back and go, what is my goal? What is my purpose? Because you can accidentally buy the wrong property that doesn't fit you. Um, That was something that I saw that happened a lot as the real estate shifts happen. Sometimes, unfortunately, we do have real estate agents that are out there that'll just make deals to make deals because they have food to put on their table. That's their goal. Nothing wrong with it. That's the way the profession works. When you're commission only, you do what it takes sometimes to get your commission. However, it's ultimately up to you as the buyer, the client to say, this is my goal. This is what I want and keep saying no until you finally can say yes. You can't let the pressures of the real estate agent or all these other things interfere, causing you to completely change your goals. Now you can change your strategy because of the market, but you can't change your goals because if you change the goals and allow all these people to influence you, then what's the point? What's the purpose? What's the direction? You lose it. And then you go down the path of being busy to be busy. Um, I'll give a little bit of a story. There was a guy I know, he built up a portfolio of 80 units. It was really impressive to see how he built those up. And I was so excited to finally earn his trust to sit down with him and say, how did you do it? What was your goal? Why did you do it? And I was listening to a story of how he started with this first one, then a second one with what, you know, the standard hopping from one to the next to build it up. And then I started rearing the rest of the story. What he did was got really creative around mortgage loans and got really creative around tax codes and IRS. And essentially... Ended up with 80 properties where 40 of them, the bank wouldn't take it back and the IRS wouldn't take it back and they all had liens all over the place on his properties. He wasn't paying any of them and he was cashing the rent checks, living on the rent checks, acting like he was the smartest guy in the world. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you don't want to play games with the IRS. I'm pretty sure you don't want to play games with a mortgage guy, but Was it worth it? Because he sat there and played all these games and got 80 units, but were they really his? Because he would lose them all probably in the end. Well, we didn't get to hear that story because he did pass away before the bank and the IRS got to say their piece after years and years of battles with him. But my point is, is that be careful when you're talking to others because you Want to listen to them for their understanding what their goals were, the path was, and how they are doing with that goal. You don't want to be envious of it or jealous of it. You want to take it as a way to learn. But as my grandmother always says, be careful when you're listening to others because you don't know what they're not paying for. She tells me a story sometimes of when she was in high school and she was back in back in the 1920s Um where she lived in this little shed out in the farm and would have to walk miles to the school, kind of like those prairie shows you see on TV. And she would say how when she finally got to high school, which was all in the same building, 1 through 12 was the same building, a few of the kids started getting cars. And she started to get jealous and then eventually, after talking to the, not, to the kids enough, she realized that the only reason why they can afford the cars is because they're not registering their car. They're not paying for the insurance for their car. And they continuously forget, <coughs> forget, uh, to make sure that they put oil and stuff in the car to maintain it because the car was so expensive for them. They couldn't do all the other pieces. So that happens routinely in the investing world. Where somebody will sit there and brag about something that they have, but once you open and pop the hood up to ask the rest of the story, you realize what they give up to have what they think is the goal. So don't be envious. Don't be jealous. Just remember what your goal is and stay focused on that goal. And just know that life will continue to throw things at you and make you go left and right. Make you... Take a few steps back because, you know, you never know when you get an earthquake that flattens your house. (laughs) It can happen. But you pick up your britches and you get going again. Anyways, today, I hope this conversation around goals, the path of the goals and the purpose of the goals and staying on track and recognizing how goals fit just with you as a landlord or you as picking the property that you need to pick or picking your next steps when you're going from the four units up to 10 units under your belt. Well, landlords, thanks for having a chat with me today and enjoy on to the next conversation. Thanks so much for listening today. I appreciate it a lot. If you enjoyed this episode and many more to come, then start jumping in on the conversation. Come to our website, sign up, and start chit-chatting with others about your stories or help others through their stories. The website is www.thelandlordsalmanac.com. Hope to see you there, and I'll begin chatting with you as well.